Welcome to the Microsoft 365 Developer Podcast with your hosts, Jeremy Thake and Paul Schaeflein. Each week, you'll catch us speaking to expert developers about new tech, lessons learned, and opinions in this space. So we're back this week, and interestingly, last episode didn't have an intro, and this week Jeremy's on vacation, but yet we have an intro. <laughs> I think you're doing this wrong, buddy. <laughs> I, I kind of am. I, you know what? To do this, we had to log into Teams, too. And I'm just like, oh, no, like, my oof is on. Why are people messaging me? I don't like them going out without intros because I think, you know, there's news to be said and shared. And we do get feedback from people like these as long as we don't rent more than 10 minutes. The 10 minutes is our kind of our end game. Which means we do all the hockey talk before pressing record. So anyways. <laughs> Ex- yeah, yeah. So um, I found uh, uh, quite a few identity related links this week, but we're going to start this with something everyone's been waiting for for a long time. The beta endpoint has term store APIs. Yeah, which we would all know as... I guess taxonomy APIs, managed metadata APIs. What else has it been called? We've no UI updates since 2007. But it's good to see it, right? Because with the imminent arrival of Project Cortex, that this is core to that service, of course, being to be able to to categorize information. So it's nice to see it's out there. To find it, we'll put a link in the show notes, but it's under the sites and lists node in the graph beta rest documentation. So... Yeah, I'm intrigued by that, but I'm not going to worry about it because it's my week off. But I don't think you should go there because my understanding of the term store is, is that this thing is no longer SharePoint, much like um, the profile API is no longer a user profile service. This is meant to be like an M365 wide disassociated from site collection thing. So we'll see. But it's under beta, so who knows? It, it could be fine. Yeah, I mean, subject to change. Daryl um, spent a long time with them in API review, making sure that uh, everything was golden uh, to make it more generic and less SharePointy. However, the URL, by the way, is slash term store. So it's not under in the, you know, the it's just a node in the docs that where do they put it for the moment. So but we'll get there. All right, the next Microsoft-y thing I found is an update to the Azure SDK. Uh, what's new in the identities <laughs> uh, SDK? I know you'll chuckle on that, but the reason I put this in here is because they have now released into GA the ability to create what's called an default Azure credential, and it will automatically chain through a bunch of different locations to find a token to read your resource. And this is the stack on which the Graph SDK has expressed its intent to build. So um, it, it's worth knowing here. I'm using this a lot. It, it's perfect. I, I, I've logged into Visual Studio with my account, and I linked my Visual Studio account with my domain account, as you'd expect, you know, working at a company. And so now it'll automatically chain through. And when I press F5, it'll get my credential from Visual Studio. I've logged in in Visual Studio to get my Azure Active Directory credential so it can get a token to call into our APIs as I'm doing development, right? So uh, what F5 works, it's great. So they have one for VS Code, one for full VS, and the whole slew of things in here. So it's definitely worth uh, updating your Azure SDK to the latest version on that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Next, speaking of Azure Active Directory, uh, our... You really did just get identity links this week, didn't well, you? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the task for my day job this week was updating our API with some stuff. So guess what I've been doing? I've been updating our API. <laughs> um, and when you're writing an API, you want to hit it. Maybe you don't have a full client, and so you want to use a VS Code extension called REST Client. And our buddy Daryl Miller submitted a PR to this. And I, and I put a link to the PR because it, it's not yet 
released into the marketplace. But the idea here is if I just type in uh, in VS Code, I can put the URL and say, here's a, a little, what we call an environmental token and say, go get an AADV2 token for me when, when I press the button to to make the rest call, it automatically will pop up the device code login if needed and get your token and put it in the request and off you go. So nice to see Daryl hopping in and making our life so much easier, even though we're not necessarily using the SDK in this scenario, but it's great to see. Talking of a week off, that was his week off he did that. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, I'm going camping tomorrow. <laughs> but like, Daryl just worked. He worked on community stuff all week. Yeah. yeah. Uh, by the way, he had a great tweet today, if you saw it yet. So it, to avoid the stigma of a remote worker, he's now what they call a cloud native worker. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, next link I saw was Mark, Marcus Muller, or Muller, who we've talked about before. Marcus had a series on using um, messaging extensions in Teams, but he also now posted a a, a blog post about using mcell.js v2 in your SPFX web parts. And this is, I don't want to say bypassing, but working alongside the SPFX stuff, right? So SPFX uses the V1 endpoint and all that kind of stuff. You have to have audiences and the dot default scope and yada, yada, yada. But if you want to use the new V2 stuff, then you can't use the SharePoint bits yet. So he has a step-by-step how to go through and use the new MCEL 2.0 app reg and MCEL.js to get a token using the raw sp-http client and then you have a token and off you go and you had you had a little knit to pick at, at the bottom of his of his uh, post there about getting stuff from the graph but um, this is certainly moving spfx stuff into the future as well yeah it just you know they're not using our sdk and just calling it directly and that's fine like we know we've got work to do there to make that more compelling for a JavaScript developer to use our SDK. Um, and we've just hired someone in engineering that a lot of people will know. I won't out them on the show because um, I don't think they've added themselves yet. Um, but they're going to be working on that JavaScript SDK with everyone in the community. So we know loud and clear that we need that kind of fluent approach to things with JavaScript. And we're going to do that. Um, that's going to be the first thing that they do when they they start in the team. If they haven't already started, it might be this week. Well, so the first thing isn't going to be come on the show and give us some highlights. Uh, come on, buddy. Uh, I'm, I'm giving them a week to kind of roll in. <laughs> then they'll be on the show. Awesome. <laughs> and and in the show notes, by the way, I'm going to put also put a link to a tweet that uh, so this this uh, blog post that Marcus wrote, Bob German commented on, and then I asked an open ended question and got some feedback about why I'd want to use it. So I'll, it's worth reading on that. So that'll be in there as well the last link uh, i saw was hugo bernier and i don't know if hugo's been on the show but he's part of the pnp team yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. We should probably find him uh hugo if you're listening ping me yeah. he posted uh about using theme variants and spfx web parts and i thought this was relevant just because you know we recently experienced the transition to sharepoint teal for out of the box sites and there's some some work going on in the sharepoint design space if you will uh but the teal and some other theme enhancements and so he talks about how to how to get some of the spfx context linked to your fabric ui controls and make things look like you'd want and it's it's certainly helpful if if you want to help your code to use the theme stuff that microsoft's shipping so thanks you know hugo for doing that yeah it's cool i've been following along with a few bits of that i missed that one 
Yeah, and so that's our intro this week. Uh, on the show, we have Rohit, and I don't, I'm not even going to try Rohit's last name. <laughs> so Rohit is on from the Microsoft to-do team. Great to have Rohit on, and of course, uh, everyone has things to do, so it's nice to see. Uh, thanks for him coming on. Yeah, we um, we recorded it last week, so it was like the uh, the thirteenth or the fourteenth of August, and uh, we're recording this intro on the twentieth of August, and they're planning to go live on the twenty fourth of August, which is when the show comes out. Um, one thing to note, which we didn't mention the show, is if you go to the docs now, it does say to do preview in the uh, beta reference docs. That is actually the Outlook Tasks API that's been there for a while, which we talk about in the interview. Once this gets published, the Outlook Task API will show with deprecated brackets on it. And the to-do API will show with preview. So just clarification. Yep. Great to see. You. And I hope you all find it helpful. And obviously, I'm looking forward to the to-do stuff. And they have a lot of good stuff in there. So thanks, Rohit, for coming on. And uh, thanks for the intro this week, buddy. Enjoy your vacation. I'll let you go camping. Yeah. And we'll chat next week. And if you don't hear from me, come find me. I'll be in Coeur d'Alene, probably half eaten by a bear in Idaho. So uh, that's where you can a long start way for me, hunt. buddy. So... Uh... <laughs> Enjoy the weekend. See you, mate. Okay, so I'm here with Rohit Jaiswal from uh, India today. Rohit, welcome to the show, and um, I bet you're excited to finally launch these uh, the to-do APIs into the wild. Thanks, Jeremy, for inviting me. And yeah, I think it's exciting times. Finally, we are releasing the APIs. Pretty excited about it. And so um, whereabouts in India are you? Where is the team based? I mean, Microsoft's getting more and more remote. So it's always fascinating to know where people are. And Yeah. So we are located in Hyderabad. It's one of the metro cities in India and it's in Telangana state, southern part of India. That's awesome. And how, how long have you been at Microsoft for? Oh, I have spent around two and a half years uh, in Microsoft, just completed two and a half years. You obviously, you must have been in to do that majority of that time or in that org. Oh, not really. Actually, I've been, I haven't completed a year in to do. I have joined in September last year. And yeah, things are going really, really awesome. Yeah, I love it. I, I don't know about you, Paul, but I use to do every day. Um, both, I flip in and out. I flip out of my personal account to my work account to like remind myself about paying bills at home and buying stuff. <laughs> And then flip into my work life to make sure that I don't forget things and drop things off the, the table. Most of my work life is spent in Visual Studio and DevOps. So um, <laughs> this may be jumping the sharp boat. Hey, when can we get the DevOps work items in plan planner or tasks to do? But, <laughs> You're totally but, jumping the guy. But, uh, but I, actually, my number one question before we get into the, is there going to be an API that's going to let me get that ding sound when I complete a task? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. That, that's a great, great request. Uh, why don't you put that on our user voice <laughs> channel and we'll definitely prioritize it. I love the way the, the marketing team do that with the, the tweet every now and again with the, you know, did you know where this sound came from? And then they show that rinky-dink old device and the noise it makes. So um, how would you describe to do and how would you introduce the to do APIs if you were talking to a developer? Like what's your main kind of pitch for it? So first of all, like I'm really passionate about the work we are doing at To Do because literally we are trying to make people productive by completing more tasks. 
So totally aligned with Microsoft's mission. And before I just jump to to-do, let me talk about what exactly we do. So tasks are the building block of our work, right? Work and life both. But they are scattered everywhere. They're, they're becoming unmanageable. In a recent study, 71% of workers said that they need a single destination to understand and manage work. And in M365, in Microsoft 365, to-do is that single destination to manage all your work. And besides having world-class cross-platform apps, to-do is deeply integrated in Microsoft 365 hubs like Outlook and Teams. To-do APIs, which we are about to launch, would enable developers to bring tasks from their apps or their workflows into do and become a core part of M365 users' productivity story. Yeah, and so that's a good, like the, the hubs of Outlook and Teams, like... You know, I've always used follow-ups. Like I'll, I'll triage my mailbox, I'll move fol- emails into particular folders, but I will mark them as follow-up. And then, you know, traditionally I was using the Outlook view to go see, okay, what things have I still got flagged across my mailbox? But now like To-Do will show those emails that Marks as follow-up in To-Do. And then I have To-Do lists that I then file those tasks off with other tasks I create around those particular projects. So having that one kind of like task fabric for me with my personal view is super useful with To-Do, I think. I haven't used the team stuff yet. Do you use it, Rohit? Like I know, you know, like you can see the To-Do view now directly in Teams as well. Like how do you work with To-Do yourself? Right, right. Really, really uh, great question. So everyone actually works very differently on to-do. That's how to-do is or a task application is built. And my way of working is I work as a planner there and I use my planned list a lot. So I put due dates, reminder and plan my day. And, and that's how I move around. And I use my different application. That's the beauty of it. I use I have an Android phone and I use the to-do app there and I create tasks just uh, just in a flow by by using a, that widget that to-do has. And when I'm working on my PC, I use both Outlook and Teams. And with Teams, like that's the modern experience that we have brought today. And, and we're calling it task in Microsoft Teams. And it brings two task experience together, both to-do and planner. And that gives me the comprehensive view of my task as well as my team's task. And so how do you differentiate planner and to-do? I, my team actually, uh, Brian, and there's some new people coming that I can't wait to announce, um, will um, basically have tasks as we work with different partners that want to build on top of the graph and we move the task along the planner board and that's visible to everyone in my CPX team. And so that's like one way of using planner. So you're saying that planner is more teams and to do is personal. Is that like your differentiator? Exactly. I think you have touched the, touched the point exactly on the point. Yeah, that's how we define it. That to-do is ideal for personal tasks across work and life, whereas planner is ideal for team tasks. And in simple words, to-do is for you and planner is for your team. So how, how do I get like a like if someone created me a planner task within a particular team, can is there one place I can view all of my tasks? Today, we have a, a deep integration with planner as well. And whenever a task is assigned to an individual, for example, it gets assigned to you, you can see those tasks 
in your to-do list as well, in assigned to you smart list. And then you can and triage it, put it in your my day and complete it together along with other tasks that you would have input by yourself. My day planning consists of looking at all the things that I'm running late on, looking at all the things I'm going to be starting today, and then just changing the dates out by two weeks is is basically how I work on on a daily basis. I'm getting better, but it's still not ideal. That's a ever growing problem for everyone, like just moving the task. But on to do, that's how we are trying to solve these problems, making things simpler, giving you view of your whole week and next few days and help you plan better and organize things better. The bit that uh, I found very helpful, obviously, is that syncing things to my Outlook tasks, which is great. And and I love this planner integration. And as I mentioned at the top, there's other integrations I'd love to see. But I think the key <clears throat> the key distinction that I at first I struggled with is, is, is to do is, you know, for my personal tasks. But then it, I have to put those like in my work email account or log into to do with my work email in order for to me to get this unified view. Is that is, am I understanding? that correctly or is there a hidden trick I've forgotten right I, I had a, I ended up moving a bunch of tasks into the, my logging into to do with my work account and then adding them into my personal to-do list is that is that kind of the flow that you'd expect right so currently the yeah the accounts are separate like whatever account you choose you will find that task sync only to those accounts but at the uh, in the apps of Microsoft to do you can sign in with your both personal account and your work account. And you can just flip it like you flip uh, different accounts on your Outlook mail client. And you can see your tasks there. But whatever you sync with, you can find your task in there only. And so now that we've covered what the to-do app is, let's talk about, as you mentioned, the, the APIs are, are releasing soon. So what, what scenarios or what tasks or what operations are, are you releasing as part of the API at this initial release? The fundamental uh, entities of to do are task and task lists. So tasks are like the fundamental blocks of productivity and task list is the collection of these tasks. And we are releasing the CRUD APIs for both these entities, but that's the foundation stuff. Along with that, we are releasing a brand new entity called Link Resource. And Link Resource is envisioned especially for developer scenarios. You can use it to store and display the deep link back to your app item from where the task was created. For example, as a developer, you create a task from an email or website or a workflow item. And when you create that, you can use link resource to add context and link back to your source and we'll show it on to do beautifully. And the users just can click it and can go back to it and complete their task. So in Paul's scenario where He's got like an, an Azure DevOps work item. There's a notion that he could create that task into do and have a linked resource back to the Asdo work item. Exactly, exactly. You can do like whatever you want with that. Like you can just select a highlight something and create a task from it, or you can maybe create a automation uh, automated system where any tasks that get assigned to you on your Azure DevOps a parallel task is created on to do for tracking and completion. And so that, that link resource that you mentioned then, so that's really kind of like, uh, it, is it a way for me to store the, the task in, in my system or is it really just for the end user to have a one click to go view the context or both? 
Because what I'm getting at is if I have a legacy, if I have a line of business system that that stores things that need to get done and I want to surface that in my users, am I making a copy of the data into to-do or, or teams or, or, I'm sorry, into to-do or will it just be a pointer to my data and I can manage it? Right. So actually it's both. So there are few properties of to-do where you can map some of the properties of your item. For example, in Azure DevOps, you would have a timeline, right? You would have a due date. You can map it with to-do tasks due date as well. But rest of the things, you can just keep it uh, uh, at your Azure DevOps itself. And, and there would be detailed properties which you don't need to map. And you can just provide a link, store a link, and the users can click on it and just reach to the exact work item for the deeper details to do more stuff. So do you provide some kind of sync API or any guidance on, hey, look, if you're going to write the code that wants to keep these two synced, so if Paul goes and changes the status to I'm stuck and it's going to take me three weeks to do this work item. Sorry, I'm picking on you today, Paul. That's okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> is like the the code that we would have to do to keep those two in sync if Paul at the same time changes to do with a slightly different status or due date, how easy is that going to be to keep those two systems in sync? Like, have you kind of considered that? Right. So currently we are providing the uh, regular Delta syncs, which which are available on almost all the APIs on Graph. So that's how we are starting with. We are providing that, that which users can use today, developers can use today to just sync and get the updates quickly. Apart from that, uh, we'll be releasing webhooks also after this release pretty soon, which you can use to find any changes on the to-do side and just pick the change and update your relevant item on whatever system you're working on. Yeah, that's cool. So to be clear, like this is in beta, uh, like we're announcing the beta of these APIs right now, beta, depending on where in the world you're from. <laughs> yep, yep. So we are releasing the beta APIs by end of August, like in a couple of weeks. And yeah. So I have another question though on this on this sync scenario. Part of this implies that the task item in to-do has a, a reference to my backend system ID, which would be that linked reference as you mentioned. But can I do a, like schema extensions on these objects as part of the other graph stuff if there's something else I wanted to add to it? Definitely. So we are releasing data extension, open type extension with this which you can use and and create whatever uh, uh, extra properties you want to store with any task or task list. Awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. I hadn't even considered that, but that's a good point. Um, and so are you targeting any particular V1 day? I'm going to put you under the heat lamp here because <laughs> most PMs will just avoid me on this question, but I wonder if <laughs> maybe you, you have a line in sight here because... Um, I, the reason I asked that is obviously, you know, Outlook Task API has been stuck in beta for, I mean, it's got to have been three years. And if I, if, if someone bought me a beer for every time that someone had asked when that thing is coming out of V1, <laughs> I'd be, yeah, pretty happy right now. <laughs> so fair question. And yes, uh, you've put me on the stub, uh, spot, but Yes, we plan to release the V1 by end of this year. That's the target, but we will try to do it earlier than that. But official target is end of this year. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, because I mean, it, like the betas putting Outlook tasks give you a good indication of um, you know what people want. 
I guess one question that I know people have um, is, you know, how comes we didn't just carry on with the Outlook Task API? Like, what was the need to like change the the schema and come up with a to do API? Was it just the brand? Great question, and thanks for asking this and giving me the opportunity to clarify. So one can say that to do is the evolved modern version of Outlook Task. So the brand is definitely new, but apart from that, many things have changed. Though having said that the underlying storage and basic schema is exactly same, but with its modern experience, Todo brings the modern task management capabilities. And the poster child is this linked resource we just talked about. The Some of the other new functionalities that you will see is subtasks, the data extensions are new. The new list group will be there. And there will be many more that we will release in future. Todo is the API where we'll invest and make things better along with the youth, along with the experiences. We are already upgrading Outlook task experience with Todo. Like starting with Outlook Web, you can find that experience today. We have upgraded the Outlook task experience there. And API upgradation is just part of that overall plan. Yeah, but even if I'm in Outlook desktop, if I I can see my to-do task. It looks like Outlook tasks from old, but it is the to-do tasks that show up there, right? Like if I have to do an Outlook desktop open and create a task in to-do, I can see that task in Outlook. It just looks like from the year 2000. That's correct. The underlying storage and the basic schema is exactly the same. You're just not going to see like the, the notion of lists there or list groups, reference links and things like that. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. You mentioned the word deprecation. So I, I mean, it doesn't make sense to have Outlook tasks and to do APIs on the graph. So what is the plan with the Outlook tasks Spider API? Right. So as, as we said that any upgrade would require the deprecation of the older APIs. So this is as part of this upgrade, we will be deprecating Outlook tasks when we are releasing the to-do APIs. Cool. Okay. That's good. Um, and then I guess you just got to make sure that no one in marketing decides to change the name of Microsoft to-do. <laughs> there's been a... Definitely. I'm not going to mention names, but there's a lot of people in the community who will be following along on Twitter of a few blunders recently from certain groups within Microsoft in naming and then changing them after three days. So, so we, we love to do like, um, I think we're going to stick to it forever. <laughs> I think that the benefit of remote work for that person that made that decision is that they don't have to walk in the office and get shamed. They can hide at home. <laughs> um, I'd, I'd like to, to loop back a little bit. I, I thought of this now. You mentioned that the, we'll have the CRUD operations for tasks and for the lists. I'm wondering in the, the to-do app, there is the my day and tasks assigned to you, which aren't necessarily lists that I would create. Am I going to be have access to those through the API or is that a later thing? It's not there in this first release, but definitely we would love to know if the developers would like to have that. And if they if they like to have that, do let us know on the Microsoft Graph user voice page and we'll definitely include it. But the prioritization would depend on which list they would want first and, and by when we get enough people wanting that. And a follow-on to that is, right, so that sounds to me like it's not necessarily a list per se as it is a query over all my tasks to aggregate them a certain way. And so I would, I can see a scenario where I would want to create a, a, a search-based list in my users 
to-do app that would be tasks for my application, right? So all the all the, all the XYZ app that we run, maybe they click on this and it finds all those tasks across various projects or whatever. So I can, I can see a scenario where I'd want to create one of these search-based lists of my own instead of just relying on what comes with. Definitely. I think, I think that's a possibility for uh, uh, at least for what is due for a certain number of days or something like that. Some basic custom search you can do with the queries we'll be supporting from beta. But having said that, we definitely plan to release some of these smart list APIs like MyDay because those will become the core scenarios of developers in future. And that's what we are hoping. So smart list, that's, that's the name of what those things are called, a smart list? Exactly. So we call them smart lists. Yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah, I'd love a smart list because I've used other competitive platforms on this where, you know, like overdue tasks. It kind of surprises me that I don't have that smart list in the, the product itself. But um, having the ability to have an app that could just do that would be super useful. Um, I know that like the MyDay kind of does that. When you click on that, you're going to see everything that's overdue, everything that's upcoming due. Um, but just having that as a smart list would be pretty cool. But my scenario would be, and I've done this a few times, is hackathon projects is like smart user interfaces to help me kind of work out what things I want to do next, you know. So like to do is great. It's linear lists. I can kind of rearrange the order of my tasks. But having different ways to visualize it, like bubbles and, you know, fun things, it often is kind of cool just to kind of be able to do that. So having access to a smart list would be great. But I guess my question would be, have you are you providing the OData query so that I can say get my tasks ordered by due date, you know, descending, filter by this list or filter by some other search term? Yes, we are starting with some OData queries. I'm guessing you will be able to formulate similar queries from there, what you just mentioned. Having said that, to do also supports the due date overdue list smart list you can find that in your planned list so whatever has been overdue you will find that on the top and and you can find all the planned list like future come upcoming due task as well but yes you'll have all data queries as well so the next big question every developer is going to want to ask is do i do you support application permissions or is it delegated only yeah we are starting with delegated permissions only and yes, again, we would love to hear from the developers on our user voice page if they like to have the application permissions, and we'll definitely prioritize that. <laughs> yes, everyone's going to want <laughs> application permissions. There's not no <laughs> if about that at all, right? <laughs> yeah, I, we are trying to get better with the workloads being, or talk while one of the workloads is in the room around like shipping at the same time. But um, I think it was more of a, well, let's get this out and then we'll, we'll focus on that. Because the, the big thing right, that will come up is like, if someone's doing some sync for an organization from like ASDO to to do, like they won't want to run it as the user that want to run it, you know, for 10,000 users in the organization and just do that sync between the two. Um, so they don't have to manage a bunch of tokens and, you know, refresh tokens and keeping all that alive. So app only will make a lot more sense there. So um, yeah, if, if people want it, let's do the user voices. I already have a scenario where I can see that based on a team owner doing something, team members might be tasked with doing things. And so the team member may not have logged into the system yet because the team was just created, you know, 10 minutes ago. So being able to, to push those items into the to-dos of those team members 
would have to come in through app only at that point. So I'm glad it's on the roadmap. Glad to see that. And of course, the next item that I know people will ask about is resource-specific constraints, so specifically around planner tasks. And, and, and I guess permissions in general is, is to do a separate permissionable item, or is it based on the, its container in planner and or Outlook? Yeah, so we are utilizing the same permissions of Outlook tasks. It's different from Planner uses some group permissions, but we are utilizing Outlook tasks, which is task.read and task.read, right? These two permissions give you permission to do everything. It's awesome. The only concern I have is people are going to add those permissions thinking they get some Planner tasks and our support hotline is going to go crazy. <laughs> but it's better than group read right all. So we're winning in one way <laughs> and we're causing pain in another. <laughs> I had this discussion with Daryl when you guys were in API review. I'm like, oh, I get it. This is awesome. But I can just see lots of our partners tripping up on that one. Yeah, and so, you know, that kind of leads me to believe it. Is everything going to be off of the, what's the URL or the relative path for the, the API? Is it me slash tasks or is it slash tasks or both? How, how would I, as a developer, find what I'm looking for here? Yep. So we are starting with me slash to do and me slash to do slash tasks and me slash to do slash lists. So that's how the developers will be able to find it for now. Yeah, I think that would give some more clarity on the branding as well. Yeah, even more reason not to ever rename Microsoft to do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But but now, so if a user opens up their to do and they see this smart list for tasks assigned to me, which come from Planner, if I want to mimic that experience in code, will the slash me slash to do include those linked or relative planner tasks? Or would, would I have to make those calls to planner API such as it is to get those? Mm, good question. <laughs> Great questions. Yeah. So for now, uh, short answer is no. So you would have to create a separate call to planner APIs today. But in future, we are planning to have a, a API which could be assigned to you. And they're brainstorming how how to provide you all the assigned tasks to you, but still give you in a categorized way inside assigned to you. So still open. We're still working on it. We'll get back to you. Because that, yeah, that would be yeah. a good way of not needing group read write all if you were just wanting to modify tasks that are assigned to the user you're uh, signed in on, on your app pool. Is that what you're thinking? Yes. Yeah. And, and it's similar to the... The experience in files where I have files shared with me, mm -hmm. which can help me find stuff, mm -hmm. that, you know, that's independent of where it actually lives. Because at the end of the day, your your users don't really know what site or group or plan. Or, it's just something to do. Right. right yeah, <laughs> so it's yeah, a task. yeah, yeah, exactly. Just and and if you're trying to solve the problem of where is I have tasks scattered all throughout everywhere, and and the goal is to aggregate them, and make life easier. Well, developers are going to have that same struggle until we find a way to normalize all that. So I'm glad to see that's a th thought work going on and uh, anxious to get that out as soon as, you, you know, just ship it as soon as it's ready, you know, like yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, disclaimer on that. <laughs> Still you want to work on the basic things like web books and all. So yeah, we'll take some time, but definitely would love to hear from our developers firsthand if they want all this awesome stuff. That's cool. So, Rohit, where can they learn more about Todo? What's the right places to go? Right. So, for now, Todo have a website and a blog where we talk about a lot of the features and the capabilities on the app side and on the integration side. So, that will give you about understanding on Todo and the integration. On the 
Uh, API side, we will be releasing all the documentations, blogs soon, along with the announcement within a couple of weeks on the graph site. So stay tuned to the graph blog for the announcement. Yeah, that's cool. That's awesome. How can people follow you? Are you Twittering, LinkedIn, TikToking, Trillering? <laughs> <laughs> well, this goes on. Yep. Um, I will be tweeting about it on my handle. It's R-O-H-Y-T and uh, also on my LinkedIn page. So Awesome. Well, look, thanks for your time today, Rohit. I appreciate you staying up a bit later to do this over in India. And um, I, it's been a real pleasure working with you. It's been fun actually getting to meet you when you came over to Redmond before this COVID stuff started. Um, it was really cool just to catch up and actually see you in person. So, um, you know, congrats again on getting this API out the door. And <laughs> I'm really excited to see what people do with this. I think, you know, we, we talk about the M365 platform being a productivity platform and the graph being that API to it. But you know, without having tasks, you know, it's really hard to kind of really push on the productivity aspect of this. So thanks I, for driving. I agree. It. I'll, bet, I'll bet slash to do is a high volume uh, endpoint for your, for the graph for sure. So great to see this coming. Yeah. We should start putting some bets on how quickly that gets in the top four workloads. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I really appreciate the, you know, the, the foundation you laid at the very beginning about the, what's the goals and theory. It's a great way to think about these tasks and, and how it's been built. So great to see that. Thanks for sharing. And I appreciate you coming on as well. Thanks. Thanks, Jeremy. You have been amazing partner on this. Definitely, I've learned a lot from you on this journey. The first API on Graph, learned a lot. Thanks. Thanks for guiding. And Paul, amazing talking to you. Like Awesome questions. Like You've, you've put me on the spot a couple of times. So thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, great to see you. Looking forward. And we'll have you back uh, as the API matures to expose folks to what all the good stuff you got up your sleeve. So sounds great. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank you, folks. for listening to the Microsoft 365 Developer Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at M365DevPodcast and check out our show notes at www.M365DevPodcast.com. To help us spread the word, we'd really appreciate it if you could retweet our episode tweets and give us a review on iTunes. 